Welcome to Recess Now, 5-Minute Bit. I'm Ralph Seymour, Physician Assistant in Emergency Medicine and Critical Care. Today we're going to continue on with our discussion on vasopressors. Now, we've already gone through uh, levofed, which is norepinephrine. We've gone through epinephrine. We've gone through dopamine, and we've gone through vasopressin. Now, the the next one that I want to talk about is phenylephrine. A lot of people don't reach for phenylephrine very often. It's a it's a pure alpha agonist, meaning it's a catecholamine and it binds to alpha one receptor sites, causing vasoconstriction and increase in afterload. And I think it even increases uh, uh, venoconstriction, which augments that preload that I spoke about in the last uh, five minute bit. Now, the thing about phenylephrine is it doesn't do anything to the heart. A lot of people don't like it. They don't use it. They don't think about it very often. I like phenylephrine sometimes when I have a, like a really rapid atrial fibrillation with some hypotension. and I don't really want to shock them because I don't really feel like we're at that point, but I'd like to get them rate controlled with a medication that may drop their blood pressure further. And in that setting, I, I sometimes find phenylephrine to be very useful. There is some rebound bradycardia that can be induced by giving phenylephrine, and that can work with you uh, in that setting. So I, I like phenylephrine for that. I don't use it almost ever other than that setting. And that setting actually, believe it or not, comes up more more than I'd like it to. You get these patients that come in with soft blood pressures, and then all of a sudden you give them some diltiazem or some esmolol or some low pressor, and now their blood pressure, their heart rate's still not controlled because you haven't given enough medication, but uh, lo and behold, there's their blood pressure kind of tanking on you. Now, ACLS would obviously tell you to shock that patient, and in the real world, you're not always going to shock that patient. I'm just being honest with you. Sometimes um, there are other things that can be considered, and that's sometimes when I reach for phenylephrine, and if you you listen back to our uh, five-minute bid on push dose pressors. Phenylephrine is one of my favorite push dose pres- pressors, along with uh, epinephrine uh, that I use. But in this setting, a tacky dysrhythmia with some soft blood pressure or hypotension, phenylephrine uh, a lot of times is something in uh, my toolbox that I that I reach for. Now with phenylephrine, the the dosages are going to vary. You know, some people use as low as uh, twenty. Uh, mics, but 50 mics to 200 mics is, um, depending on what you read, uh, is going to be a an accepted dose uh, for phenylephrine. And uh, phenylephrine, by the way, is also called neosinephrine. And um, I, I I like to use it in the setting that I mentioned. Uh, but aside from that, it's I, I look at it as like a fourth or or fifth line uh, vasopressor, to be honest. Uh, the next one that we're going to talk about is um, are going to be uh, some inotropic agents. But before I do, um, there is a new vasopressor that is still under patent, and it's um, it, it's quite expensive. I have no experience with it, but I need to mention it, and that's angiotensin II. Uh, I guess it goes under the trade name Giapreza. And it is, um, it's approved to be a second or third line vasopressor, and it's going to vasoconstrict by binding to the alpha, or the, excuse me, the angiotensin II receptor sites in the blood vessels, won't do anything to heart rate, um, doesn't do anything to inotropy. Um, there, I guess there was some good data on it 
against placebo for whatever that's worth. Um, and it's too expensive. I have no, um, experience with it. Uh, maybe when it's not so expensive, I'll, I'll get to use it a little bit, but I have no experience as of right now. Um, so the inotropic agents that we, that we can consider when you're, when you're talking about when you really need to increase the squeeze of the heart in the setting of cardiogenic shock uh, the first one I'll talk about is dobutamine. Dobutamine is a pretty good drug. It's not something that we use that often, um, to be honest, in the emergency department because a lot of times cardiogenic, pure cardiogenic shock that would benefit from an inotrope like that uh, generally is a tough diagnosis to make. And then you could just go with levofed and it just makes more sense. It, it's, it's probably every bit as effective to go with levofed. But if you wanted something that was going to just uh, provide inotropy and really not do much squeezing of the blood vessels, that would be dobutamine. It's going to increase your heart rate. Okay. That's what number one thing that dobutamine is going to do is it's going to provide squeeze and it's going to increase your heart rate. So by doing that, it's going to also increase myocardial oxygen demand and it's going to cause arrhythmia. So you have to be aware that dobutamine causes arrhythmias. All right. It can cause a little bit of vasoconstriction, but it's going to cause more vasodilation. So you have to understand that. All right. Um, the good thing about, uh, dobutamine is it's short acting. So you can shut it off and it pretty much goes away. That's the good thing about dobutamine. The, uh, the other thing about dobutamine is it causes something called tachyphylaxis, which is you basically get, um, the, the patient basically gets tolerant to it and it basically auto titrates itself off. So it, it will stop working on its own and you can basically just shut it off because it's not doing anything anymore. That's the other thing about uh, dobutamine that I wanted to mention. Um, the last thing is milrinone. I want you to consider milrinone as the same, essentially the same drug as dobutamine because they both do the same thing. The, the thing I didn't mention about dobutamine that I'll mention about mil milrinone is milrinone and dobutamine both uh, dilate the pulmonary vasculature and, and take some uh, pressure off the right heart. They both do that. So that's good. But the bad thing about milrinone and what makes it different from uh, dobutamine is that milrinone is really long acting. Okay. And you can't just shut off milrinone. So you have to, so that wouldn't be something that I choose to use. Okay. Because I don't like things that last so long. And if you start getting in trouble, and with milrinone, you will, because it can cause uh, low blood pressure, it can cause hypotension. You, you, you can't just shut it off. So with dobutamine, you can. So that would be the advantage, I would say, uh, that dobutamine has. Dobutamine might have some more arrhythmia, more tachycardia, um, because you know, uh, the very nature of the drug, but, and milrinone is a phosphodiesterase inhibitor. It's not a catecholamine. So, uh, milrinone is a little different, but I want you to look at milrinone and dobutamine as being essentially the same thing, only milrinone lasts a lot longer. Okay. So that, that's just something I wanted to bring home. Uh, this will, uh, wrap up our second part of vasopressors and inotropes. I'm Ralph Seymour, physician assistant in emergency medicine and critical care. We'll see you next time.